नमस्कार हेलो एंड वेलकम टू वीकली ग्लोबल इनसाइट्स एपिसोड थ्री टू एट a shout out to our viewers to like this program so it can reach its maximum potential today is 30th of march wednesday and this is what is happening around the globe first we take up russia ukraine europe developments ukraine not naive zelensky says as russia talks that it will pull back from kiev and we will be neutral if armies with nukes support us in future says zelensky in seeking security guarantee ukraine appears to exclude crimea and donbas regions and abramovich turns up in istanbul for russia ukraine discussions sridhar ji namaskar and welcome to p guru's channel sir looks like the peace talks are proceeding in a somewhat predictable direction uh, good morning to everybody uh, it's yeah it's good to see the discussions are happening in turkey there is some positive vibes coming out of uh, turkey based on the discussions the markets have expressed the sentiments zelensky statement is a reflection that just merely stating you are pulling back is not adequate we need to see more evidence of uh, you know good intent uh, that's his implication he says we will stay neutral we don't want to become part of nato as long as our security is guaranteed uh, by new countries which is effectively nato that's what he is uh, indicating because we are uh, you know we are imminently under threat from nuclear nations which is effectively russia and is also under threat from belarus which is formed partnership so i think it seems to be going on the right direction the fact that abramovich turns up is very interesting because uh, there were reports alleging that he was poisoned as to how he turned up and he is also believed to be uh, working towards a compromise so there's amicability between the two nations and uh, forward momentum can happen between the two nations and drop here on the world and ukrainian forces are now appearing to be shelling the russian territory united states is also liaising with ukraine forces in poland says pentagon as the situation continues to be volatile 40000 mariupol civilians forcibly deported to russia alleges ukraine shridhar ji looks like now people are trying to take anything as bargaining chips as they can uh, the mariupol situation was known and it was alleged the numbers are coming out for the first time uh, and there was also uh, you know the theory that they are trying to completely evacuate and deport everybody from mariupol so that they can use uh, up the state so the numbers are very very interesting from for the first time Uh, as far as uh, united states uh, you know having a dialogue again yes uh, is whether there is a media flare up and then the escalation by uh, ukraine was expected uh, you know into the russian territory again this is a bargaining situation uh, they have uh, you know a, a proximus border it's also very interesting in the negotiations they have decided to omit crimea and the donbas region which we have covered in our discussions Uh, just demonstrating that there is uh, intent to come to a solution Biden also holds call with European leaders on the continuing situation in the Russia Ukraine war Russia faces a flurry of expulsions from Europe as more and more sanctions kick in Belgium Ireland Netherlands amongst many nations expelling Russian diplomats for spying G7 and West target next focus on sanctions that supply Russian army lines G7 outright rejects Russia gas payments in ruble so so if if not ruble what are they accepting sir euro 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 they say that uh, it will be breach of contracts which will be contested uh, there were a lot of rumors again information disinformation information disinformation 
uh, and there was also alleged rumor that Germany would break ranks with G7 and NATO uh, and may uh, go in favor. This meeting, which was held in Germany, and the German finance minister was the spokesperson and saying, no, we, we absolutely decline any ruble payment. It will only be in Europe. Sanctions was expected and sanctions targeting the army was expected because Russian army is apparently suffering from supply chain issues. And Russia promised to buy back maturing $2 billion bonds in ruble. Again, were the bonds in ruble or was it some other currency, Sridharji? US dollar bonds and I think that the markets are saying, okay, we'll, we'll take it because the recipients are US dollars. So I think uh, so they're basically using the ruble and that also is a sign from the West. They're prepared to make a concession. Uh, this is right in the course of the discussions. This, this maturing bond will be will be funded with ruble and uh, and the uh, investors pay back. And in US news, Joe Biden sends his deputy national security advisor, Dalip Singh, to Delhi to develop economic framework for Indo-Pacific. He was the man tasked with Russian sanctions within the US administration. This also follows the broad agreement signed between the US and Singapore on trade and security framework in Washington, DC. Sridharji, this is very interesting. So what does this Indo-Pacific Accord uh, aim to achieve? The Indo-Pacific Accord is, uh, you know, jack of all uh, deals that one can think of, which is namely trade, uh, investments uh, in um, clean technologies, investment in innovation, uh, investments in making sure that there is uh, strategic uh, security uh, apparatus put in place, um, and nations supporting each other in forming a joint force, very similar to NATO, because we don't have anything akin to that in the Indo-Pacific region. That seems to be the, uh, the agenda. The fact that the Singapore Prime Minister, uh, Mr. Sian Lung was, Sian Lung was in Singapore, was in uh, Washington DC and, uh, you know, did this do deal, uh, you know, between Singapore and United States. He's a very influential figure in the ASEAN region. Uh, it's obviously, I think that the Russian Foreign Minister visiting um, tomorrow, March 31st, if I'm correct, so the day after tomorrow, March 31st to India, uh, sending this guy is a very important signal that they are looking at the Indo-Pacific, but probably the discussions are more around the uh, Ukraine-Russia as well. And senators to probe 1 million Chinese firm payment to Hunter Biden after bank records show that Biden received $100,000 payment from the Chinese firm. Sridharji, we had already discussed this in great detail. The total amount that has been so far computed to have gone to Biden and his family is $31 million. And, and I don't know if this is part of that or it's a separate one. Are these, is this by... You know, is it both a group of uh, Republicans and Democrat senators who are asking for this? Uh, this is uh, uh, predominantly led by the Republican senators, uh, two senators. Uh, they have in their hands in possession a $100,000 buyer, which came from the uh, China Energy. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yes. Office, that was a big Energy one. Uh, this is going into the Wells Fargo bank account. This is public. This is the record they're holding. They're saying that they have further evidence which uh, points to either 1 million or 10 million. Uh, the number kind of varies. They want to investigate, which is effectively to say that the CCP had influenced 
through Biden and his family, uh, the energy policies and the trade policies uh, between United States and China. And majority of Americans support sanctions on China if it supports Russia in aid. That's very interesting. So we'll have to wait and see what plays out. In India news, India will receive a number of foreign dignitaries besides Russia and the US. Mexico's FM will be in India to discuss pharma and space as areas of potential cooperation. And will India be asked to commit funding to Indo-Pacific to add to the 1.8 billion Biden has committed and he has committed a further additional 400 million. So I think that number is 2.2 billion, Sridharji. Number is 2.2 billion. Uh, 400 million is uh, is that is part of the defense. 1.8 million is part of the uh, the broader budget that is allocated to the overseas countries, uh, very specifically focused around Indo-Pacific. If you look at the word quad has disappeared, it's become Indo-Pacific, right? How progressively quad has disappeared. If you look at broadly the agenda of uh, the quad, you will see that it aligns with the Indo-Pacific, which is namely pharma, you know, COVID-19 vaccines, uh, 5G technology, 6G technology, innovation, clean energy, space, defense, all these areas. So it has become trade and security and energy has become an integral kind of a footprint. And uh, so this guy is going probably to not only discuss Russia, Ukraine, but also to discuss uh, whether India will put in the money uh, to, to be a partner. And India and Sri Lanka sign agreements for setting up hybrid power plants in northern Jaffna. This is a very good development, Sridharji, that India is now beginning to insist that it aid the northern part of Sri Lanka ravaged by the war. I think India is taking a much more proactive and active stand. This is the right approach in making sure that the economic impact of investments reaches the people. So then there is a positive disposition that develops between the two nations rather than historical treaties, which leaves people outside often resulting in pandemonium and uh, distrust. And India and UAE to operationalize trade agreement by May 1st with a target goal of $250 billion by 2030. UAE is becoming very quickly one of the major partners. Sridharji, what is it that UAE will be bringing in? That's like FDI, foreign direct investments? They're bringing three essential things. As far as UAE is concerned, they are bringing in, they are, I think, in the top five energy suppliers. So they act as a buffer to India. Uh, yeah, there's also strategic reserves that India can draw and uh, UAE can draw. Number two is the FTI that comes in. Uh, the third area is uh, is obviously enormous amount of trade that flows from exports that flows from India into UAE. So they want to expand this further, but they also want to include Israel. If you remember, there's a hundred billion dollars corridor that is anticipated between India, Israel, UAE. Uh, as a three-way uh, trade partnership. And India received uh, 500 billion US dollars under Modi, 65% more than all UPA years. In fiscal year 2021 alone, FDI inflows were 81 billion compared to 75 billion the previous year. FDI capital formation is one of the important drivers of economic development. The fact Modi ji has focused on attracting capital 
attracting capital in two ways. The PLI programs, which has been enormously successful as touted by the World Bank. Second is make very specific make-in program, make-in India programs, where there is less capital, um, primary capital uh, coming from the Indian balance sheet, but more coming from the offshore, is all helping India. And the third is obviously flowing into the public markets, which helps the companies uh, to re realize capital in terms of driving their business. This is extremely good news. and. I think Modiji and his team have done an outstanding job. We have commented about this, which is to say $500 billion is a significant. And the fact that today India is one of the top five destinations in the world for FDI continues to augur well as it marches towards the $5 trillion. One key message from Indian segment is India has remained focused on keeping its people healthy, feeding them through COVID, and leveraging the opportunities that are available in the market to continue to drive the economic agenda without being distracted by global politics. That is what is differentiating India as it continues to grow at 8% and 9%. You know, here and there, 0.5%, 1% down is okay. But the 8% growth is a very big progress during these years. And in Asia news, China now claims all the disputed islands in South China Sea, along with Taiwan, in a new escalation. China Sinopec to keep buying Russian oil and gas. Sridharji, this is the agreement that they two signed, isn't it? That uh, China will pay for that in euros? Uh, the, the two pieces. One is the agreement that they signed in between the government to government. Then they use the appropriate government vehicles. So Sinopec continues to uh, continues to be buying uh, the, uh, the 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 oil, the Russian oil and gas, uh, you know, through uh, uh, through the existing mechanisms that exist between the two. There is a very uh, you know widespread theory, um, which is namely we should cover. We'll do that in one of the days as to the whole Russia energy gas challenge that it faces because it could be you know, out of gas very soon. Uh, but the story is that the Russia may shift to Asia uh, as opposed to uh, focusing on Europe as part of the exit and as part of this escalation in Ukraine. Will Asia emerge as the next largest market for Russian oil and gas with two major importers, China and India in the region. We'll have to wait and see. I think you touched upon this, Sridharji. Now let's take a look at markets. Markets edge lower after fourth day of gains with positive developments in Russia-Ukraine talks on Tuesday. Brent crude drops to 110 per barrel and oil to 105. And US three-year and 30-year and five and 10-year bond rates continue to be inverse. Sridharji, we talked about the inversion yesterday. Now, uh, we also talked about the fact that crude is momentarily down because uh, Shanghai or Shenzhen, I don't remember which one, is Shenzhen. In locked down. Shenzhen for Shenzhen. four days. And then the other half of Shenzhen is locked down for four days. And then after that, the other half will be in lockdown for four days. And that's all that has caused this uh, drop in crude price. Um, do you think that Russia is going to be the same one entity? I have a feeling that this is not going to stop here. Once the ceasefire is done, I think uh, US might want to just break up Russia into more than one part. This is just my gut feeling, sir. 
So I think you are, uh, in my humble view, you're overestimating the capacity of the present United States administration in its ability to do anything. We can't even tie our own shoelaces with the problems that we face in the border. I think there is knee-jerk reactions that are going on uh, currently as a policy response from the United States. I think Russia, Ukraine, and smaller nations will unite and buy peace. And in the process, I think you will see some win-win situation for Russia. The United States is only you know, peddling lots of things that we hear and uh, in the media side. Europe has no interest in war. Europe has been ravaged by COVID and post-World War II. They're all trying to recover. Then the integration of the Eastern Europe into mainland Western Europe. And they're saying, if you're giving me gas and oil to heat our homes, then we are good. 72% of the energy for Europe comes from outside. They are completely energy dependent from outside G. So I just don't think that anybody cares for uh, Russia being separated. It's a $1.6 trillion economy. Uh, you know, in the overall scheme of things, if you take that gas and uh, oil out, there's nothing much left. <laughs> That's all for today, folks. We'll be back again on Friday to talk about the global insights. Sridharji, thank you for joining and we'll be back again. Share, like and subscribe to our channel and also click on the bell button for notifications. Namaskar. Namaskar. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.